0: Hey, everybody! I don't know how to start it off.
1: What are your thoughts about the intro?
0: Alright. Well, I wrote down a list of points. Boundaries for our podcast. We curse a lot.
1: Fucking obviously. We tell stories
0: and jokes. We are allowing ourselves a space to talk about important and challenging <laughs> subjects. If any of these things are not okay with you, please don't listen to this podcast.
1: But I, I think we should keep talking about this for for a minute and make that the intro just kind of take some of each of our statements and and make that the intro and also i'll use the fart noises welcome to how i met my brother
0: Lista, lista.
1: Okay, check baby, check baby. One, two, three, four. Check baby, check baby. One. Check baby, check baby. One, two, three, four.
0: Da anyway.
1: da Does- the this is a podcast uh, hello welcome to for thank you for listening this podcast is called how i met my brother it's about uh two adult people who found out that they had uh, bonus siblings um my name is Leo Cardoza
0: my name is Heidi J uh
1: and uh we have uh something new uh for this episode listeners we have something sort of resembling structure um <laughs> We decided we needed uh, a little bit more structure to work with in the podcast, uh, so we're going to start with uh, our first. What will be our first section of every episode, in theory, assuming we like it this way. Otherwise, we'll change it. Um, this is fact check.
0: Fact check. Is... Is... Fact check. Is that an okay sound for fact check?
1: It is, but uh, now you just made me think of. Uh, for some reason, your your vocal there just made me think of uh, the opening of uh, another uh, classic uh, rap song uh, Poison by Bel- 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 Velvet <laughs> Velvet
2: That, that gir- girl is
1: poison oh. Yeah Yeah uh
2: How anyway. to- <laughs> That girl is poison
1: Poison. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's time for fact check Ooh.
2: It's time yeah. for fact check.
1: Um, yeah, but so since we're um, mostly uh, talking off the top of our heads and not looking anything up while recording, we will say some incorrect things. Um, so this is the time when we check on our things that we've said uh, to see if they're uh, correct or not. Um, so for starters, let's talk about uh, platypods.
0: Platypodes.
1: Um, yeah, so that uh, I found this out a while, and now I can't unknow it. So now you have to know it. Um, that uh, you know, people will say that it's octopi and not octopuses or uh, or whatever. And technically, if you want to be the most unbearably pedantic person in the room, uh, the "puss" at the end of platypus <laughs> and octopus uh, comes from Greek and not Latin. Uh, therefore, the uh, pluralization of uh, does not follow, follow the Latin model of turning it into an I, so it's not octopi or platypi. Uh, it changes to pods, so it is octopodes or octopodes. I'm not sure which of, which one it actually is. Whoa. Platipo- platypodes. Platypodes. Anyway, plati- plati- platypopodes um, uh, have. Two venomous spurs on their uh, on their hind legs, one one per one per leg. Um, it is not used for hunting. Their uh, venom is said to be very painful, uh, but it is not. But it is uh, not deadly to humans generally. Oh. Um, and uh, it is one of the you know many things that makes uh um that unique among mammals. Um is platypopides are going to be our episode. I think we, we can, we, platypopides. Can we can. Yes. Platypopides is the episode title. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll see. If, we'll see if we land on something better. Um, but yeah, so venom is a relatively rare trait, evolutionary trait among mammals. Um, hmm. because most animals that evolve, uh, venom, uh, use it, as, or a lot of, um, mammals, uh, animals, non-mammals, um, develop, uh, venom as a uh, a hunting tool and uh most mammals obviously have uh have evolved to use teeth and claws for hunting so they don't need venom um of the few mammals that are venomous um most of them Hmm. are uh entomophage or insect eating mammals and they uh dissect their uh, insect uh, their insect food using toxic saliva. What? Mm-hmm. They have poisonous spit that dissolves their insect Whoa. food. Oh. Uh-huh. And also, I think this came wow. from the same episode. Um, mm-hmm. we were also talking about uh lactation in non mammals. Um, so first of all um Mammal and mammary, uh, as in mammary glands, same root. Hmm. Uh, So technically, um, you have to be a mammal in order to lactate, because in order to produce milk, you need mammary glands to define
0: it the way that we define milk. But! Chicken butt! Twist.
1: Twist. Yes, chicken butt, exactly. Chickens can make milk in their crop. Actually not chi- not chickens but other birds. Um so penguins and emperor penguins can do this. Wow. And I think um there's some other birds that that, uh, that do this that make something that is called crop milk. It is not a milk. So it is not like uh human milk uh and and cow milk mammalian milk is a glandular secretion. Um Whereas uh, crop milk that, uh, yeah, pigeons, emperor penguins, uh, flamingos, flamingos. Uh, can all do this. Huh. Yeah. So the crop is essentially like a pre-stomach, right? So the, crop ha- the food goes into the crop and it's usually full of uh, grit, depending on what type of birds they'll, um, they'll actually eat, like uh, rocks or sand or whatever. Um, and it helps, the- it helps to begin the breakdown process of their food. Uh, and they can uh, create something that is a a mix of partially digested food and uh, basically like the interior lining of their crop that is um, like full of, you know, nutritious fatty acids and crap that they can that they can feed to their young.
0: So they regurgitate it to their young. It's-
1: essentially, it's not technically regurgitation because it never goes all the way to the... It was never in the stomach, so it doesn't come out of the stomach. It just comes from the crop, but yeah, they do... They spit it up. It's kind of like... Think of it as like a deep loogie. Yeah!
2: Just
1: getting getting a real... Getting a real forker, and then just spitting that into your baby's mouth.
0: Oh, how sweet. Do you do that? It's so cute. No, you don't have a baby.
1: No, I don't. Not yet. (laughs) Um... Anyway, so yeah, that's um, that. That's what I got for for fact check, <laughs> and that was fact check. Da
2: da 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 da.
1: Hello. Never Come trust back. a big button, to smile.
0: Uh.
1: Um. All right. Okay.
0: I got some fact check.
1: Okay, go go go. Oh shit, I forgot another thing Because I started talking about this But I couldn't remember the, the, the details of it um, So I stopped talking about it uh, But I looked this up too Because I just, I just found out that they're trying to clone An extinct animal from Tasmania And bring it back to life So there is this um, Animal that was native to Tasmania It was a um, What? It, uh, it's called the Tasmanian tiger Um and it was hunted to extinction, um, thanks colonialism. Thank you, uh, England, or the great British Empire. Um, and uh, it is unique because it is uh, not a tiger. It is not a cat at all. It is actually uh, a uh, the, the species is called a thylacine. What? It is a uh, four-legged marsupial. Um and it is one of relatively few or the only um uh carnivorous marsupials
0: whoa they're trying to marsup- bring it back. Can yeah, we do they that
1: have, um they have they have genetic material wow. and um, it i have I actually don't know if we have ever uh tried cloning an extinct animal before, but yeah hmm. I mean they were only. Um, they were only hunted into extinction like um last known one uh alive was captured in nineteen
0: thirty wow,
1: yeah I mean it would yeah, be cool if we could bring animals back to life dollar, yeah i mean we're ne- it's', it's we're it would be gonna, even uh, better if
0: we stopped <laughs> causing extinction no. but. Hang
1: on don't get crazy yeah
0: that's way too far out there i know
1: heidi be practical if we have the technology to bring animals back from extinction then why would we why why bother try why bother making any effort not to extinct them if we know that we can bring them back whenever we want and all it takes is Several of Elon Musk's ample <laughs> billions of dollars. Like it's just a couple billion dollars to unextinct an animal, so uh, we just have to talk Elon Musk into it. That's
0: right. He'd do it too, especially if he got more famous.
1: Yeah, that's what we need. Anyway, okay. Uh, well, yeah. What was your what was what was your fact check?
0: All right. So I think it was on the. Second episode, I said that I am cis. I said you and I are both cis, but I'm not cis. So, uh, okay. So
1: you have, um, you. And I was curious about this because you've re- referred to yourself as, uh, as genderqueer, which, uh, but you. So you, you do prefer, uh, female pronouns, right, or do you not?
0: Good, great question. Uh, um. I do he, her, she, her, they them. It doesn't matter to me. But it's right. more that my identity and how I feel on the inside is queer in terms of okay. you know, how I express myself and what is supposed to be masculine or feminine. And, that, and then my experience has shown me that part of the roots of the gender binary is trauma. And uh, I, and then this will lead into the next fact check, but I don't think we can separate human biology from culture because culture changes our biology, which is kind of what epigenetics is. Um, or it, change, it, it might not change the DNA sequence, but it changes how we re- relate to the DNA sequence and how, we, how our behavior manifests in the world. So, gender binary, partially, is because of trauma, ancestral trauma, which leads us to, there's this book, My Grandmother's Hands, it's by, uh, written by Resma Monachem. You haven't uh-huh. read it yet?
1: No, I've, I've heard of it, although now that I say that, I think I might, I think, uh maybe you mentioned it to me when we talked last weekend <laughs> yeah. so maybe I, maybe that was the context that i've heard of it and that was all
0: um all right so from his book okay so i looked up epigenetics is the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work mm-hmm. unlike genetic changes epigenetic changes are reversible can be reversible they don't change your dna sequence but they change how your body reads and reacts to a dna sequence there is increasing evidence that epigenetics may play a role in the pathophysiology of disorders such as depression psychosis addiction yeah and epigenetic changes occur in response to environmental changes, and also are in are inheritable, and modifies genetic expression directly and indirectly. Whoa. That's wild. So, yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I forget which episode it was that we talked about that, but yeah. So the, essentially. Um, and, and I first heard the word epigenetics from uh, uh, In the Realm of Hungry, Go- Hungry Ghosts by Gabor Monte, which, uh, again, I cannot recommend uh, enough that everybody listens to, especially if you have any interest in uh, addiction, trauma, um, uh, you know, uh, mental health in general. It's, it's a fucking incredible book. Um, but, yeah, that because I've always... Uh, well, not... Uh, always but um the the simple description of addiction as a disease uh it never never sounded right to me um and uh, and 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 and, ha- and that it's and that it's genetic never sounded right to me because there are all these other factors and there are you know myriad examples of people with very close genes um for whom addictive behaviors, addictive patterns, and stuff uh, don't express the same way, um, and yeah, so it's the short, the short version of of epigenetics is it's the way that your um, your envi- it's the it's the way that um, nurture can change nature. It's not a right. nature nurture conversation.
0: Right. I think I think we don't know yet how all those things are influencing each other but i i have especially heard in the realm of gender um people being very much like well biology is biology but um i think our culture has really 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 also affected how we uh view gender and how each whether you have this kind of genital or this kind of genital you act this way i think a lot of that's epigenetics and a lot of that's inherited and i want okay and yeah. Do you want to say something else? Because I, I, uh, I'll tell you about intergenerational trauma next.
1: Um, oh, well, no, I mean, I was, as it goes to like uh, with, with specific uh, reference to gender, because like I, I want to stay on that, that subject for uh, a minute, because mm-hmm. uh, first of all, yeah, people will will make that argument that you know there there's you're you're either born with male genitals or you're born with female genitals, and, uh, or, but but they don't make that argument. They, they say there's two genders. There's men and women, and uh, that's it. And you're born one, and and you can't change change what you are, um, which ironically is a correct argument partially, uh, because you are born uh, to you're, to a natural gender. Um, it's just that that gender doesn't always match your genitals. Uh, and that also also (laughs) intersex people exist. Not um, one out of a thousand. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, no, there's, they're, they're not, they're, they're not just, uh, two genital configurations, but also, uh, you, when people say gender is biology, it it isn't genitals are biology. (laughs) And when you change those words. Uh, when you start saying genitals instead of gender, you realize how fucking weird it is and creepy it is that people are so fucking obsessed with how people choose to express their to to express themselves. And we talked about this already. Right. Like, I, I genuinely yeah. feel like one of the reasons for, um, for all of the kind of all of the specificity, all the um, the, the you know the like the right wing meme version of it is is somebody saying you know I'm a um, I'm a, a, a Trans femme, you know, uh, bi, bise- you know, poly, demi, demi, uh, uh, fucking whatever, you know. but Add, a, add as many things, you know. And I, I've got a, you know, my pride flag has all the co- has has, uh, you know, a hundred different colors on it because of all the different, all the different things I am. Blah blah. blah, They use that, you know, that that whole straw man thing. But the reason that that like that people are. Uh, coming up with, you know, very specific uh, versions of kind of expressions of of their their sexuality and their gender is because the gender binary does not work for them. And when you do this very stupid thing, which I've been spending way too much time on TikTok. I really need to stop. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I found... Uh, I found this uh, masculinity life coach dude uh, this morning. I was like, oh, man, this guy's a fucking piece of shit douchebag. The one... the, the first video of his that I found that like popped up on my For You page and like the only a bunch of pe- there's a bunch of videos of his with people uh. that are now popping up that not just not his videos but like ones that people have stitched because all of his shit is just so fucking cringe and stereotypical and he's like and he begins this video he's like where are all the masculine men? where are all the masculine men? women ask me this all the time it's like no they, no they fucking don't you dumbass <laughs> <laughs> He's like, men have forgotten how to lead. Oh, okay. traditional gender roles and masculinity. Like, first of all, traditional gender roles have to exist, and and also you have to be a man in order to lead. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time studying leadership, and um, be, uh, and and, uh, and 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 following traditional gender roles, uh, uh, or being any specific gender is. Nowhere in anybody's <laughs> list of things that are necessary for accomplishing leadership, you fucking dork. there's was just running some fucking bullshit, like misogyny life coaching uh, thing on uh, on TikTok. Anyway, no, okay. So I wanted to, I, I want to go back to um, to the gender the 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 idea of, of genderqueer because it is one of those. Descriptors that, that that I've never that that I've never fully like um, uh, understood kind of what that what that means because to me what you're describing sounds like being non-binary.
0: Yeah, queer and fluid and non-binary are similar. Okay. Um. But they are a little bit different. I think non-binary might be, honestly, a little bit more courageous. <laughs> okay. And just saying, I am stepping out of the binary completely. Um, I, and genderqueer is similar, but it it is more like you are saying that you are on the spectrum and you flow through it depending on your mood and your day. Um, and my I, I am considered a gender i consider myself a gender queer woman Okay. so a non-binary person is non-binary
1: that's th- that has always been my understanding but i've also said and this is one of the things where like um like the the the, the, the extreme left uh and especially with like internet culture Uh, it it does start to kind of consume itself because I have seen people refer to themselves... I I have seen somebody... And I have no idea if it was, like, fake or parody or whatever. Obviously, it wasn't somebody in person. It was somebody on the internet. Um, But refer to themselves as a non-binary woman. Oh. And I was like... I need you to explain that to me because woman is one of the two things in the binary. So... I don't understand. Like, it's okay to, it's okay for you to just be a woman, and it's okay to be like uh, gender fluid. like, gender fluid kind of makes makes more sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I've, I've I I have no uh, no struggle understanding the concept of uh, of, be, of, of being tra- of being trans. Um, I sort of. I I have a hard time, not that it's anybody's fucking responsibility to help me put, you know, to help me understand it, obviously, like, I'm trying to do the work just so that I can, like, understand other people, Um, but, like, I I have a harder, I have a harder time, like, putting myself in the headspace of being non-binary just because I've never struggled with the gender binary, Mm -hmm. like, the only part of it that I've struggled with is when I see people like fucking TikTok misogyny coach douchebag being like, man does this. Man doesn't. Lo-. One of his videos literally says, uh, m- uh, a, an, "A man shouldn't let wo- a man shouldn't let a woman set boundaries in a relationship." It's like, oh, oh my god. god, dude, Jesus Christ, you should be arrested.
0: Well, so culturally, um, for example, if you go out to a concert, you'll notice that the only people wearing makeup probably are female bodied right
1: right. so
0: so for me I don't want to wear makeup I do wear makeup uh when I dance and drag and dress like a man right um and I have a friend who who considers themselves non-binary and I I think they really consider themselves more just even though their genitalia is of a female nature they just fully want to step out of it they don't even want to have anything to do. I don't know about your friend with the non-binary female, non-binary male. I I uh, I don't know.
1: And like I said that that wasn't it wasn't a friend. It wasn't somebody I met in person. It was just like a thing I saw on the internet that was, you know, causing people on Twitter to to lose their shit one day a while ago was and, you know, somebody <coughs> saying that
0: Like women have? Oh.
1: non-binary woman. Uh,
0: these roles the roles that the women have to please the women have to be the peacemakers the women have to be the only ones who are emotional which is uh and the men are strong and the men are rational we've heard it all there's just like so much of that can really exist on a spectrum and so that's why i'm genderqueer and i feel pretty strongly about it especially in the past year and and after i started dancing drag Um, and exploring, like, taping my tits down Mm -hmm. and uh, feeling liberation taping my tits down and feeling a sexual liberation when I dance really sexy like a man. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It, it's, It's a little mythical and transformational, and it's... Yeah, it's more in the realm of archetypes. I don't want to be put in a box and and nobody nobody has the right i don't think to put anyone in a box i believe it's everyone's individual right to define themselves how they want to and and gender is it's so it's so huge for us because because roles are oppressive um we are down to keep like the oppressed people in the role but it's it actually is oppressing the men too, you know it
1: absolutely is and that that's one of the reasons i actually i I also feel strongly about my gender identity um i but that's not a controversial position for me because my gender identity is the one that I was born with, but I feel strongly about it and and, and about talking about it because um i i i, I, I despite the fact that um I do not fit into a lot of the character, t- characteristics, the st- stereotypical gender characteristics, and I look at a lot of that that stuff, and I have for a l- really long time um, looked at those those gender roles, and I'm like, that's not me. Um, but rather than, ha- but I I never uh, fa- I, I at no point did I feel like I wasn't a man. I was mm. like, no, I'm a man, and your definition is bullshit. Mm. Like the fact that i do not conform to you know some stupid criteria does not make me less of a man like i yeah. i'm still like your 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 dumbass gender role bullshit does not you're you're not allowed to to step on my gender identity and so i i like i feel strongly about expressing that because I'm like you don't have to have a divergent gender identity to feel strongly about rejecting Traditional gender roles because they are bullshit, and even if you like, even -hmm. if you like traditional gender roles, you can still reject the enforcement of traditional gender roles. Beautiful wheel, yes. If you have chosen. The t- traditional gender roles. If you are a female-bodied person and you want to bear children and stay home and cook and fucking ha- and, and, you know, and, and be subservient to your husband and your husband is not a piece of shit and doesn't beat you and force you into that position but you're making a mutual decision based on free choice to be together uh, and, to, and to each of you fill those roles, then fucking God bless both of you. Go right the fuck ahead. <laughs> Just don't tell me What my dick means, I have to do. No, no,
0: exactly.
1: Anyway, I got. I'm gonna get down off my, uh, off my soapbox. That was beautifully.
0: That was really beautifully said. I think, I, because here you have, you're coming from a different perspective than I am, but both of our perspectives can exist next to one another they don't have uh, to negate each other i think that they're both like let's reject this fucking bullshit
1: so th- this brings me to a quote that i want to read you yes um so um so i think we were talking about the fact and i uh, you know i just just now uh, alluded to it um the, and we, you know, talked before. Like I am in favor of whatever uh, mutually supportive uh, sexual and relationship uh, dynamic, any size group and number uh, and, um, and and gender identity and uh, and, and sexual orientation uh, configuration of people want to get together. Uh, you want to have a thruple. You want to be... Uh... This is one of the things that I love about The Expanse, by the way. It's like one of the things what? that's extremely normalized is like one of the or... characters... Uh, what, for, for like two or three of the books, uh, this, this character is in uh, like a nine-person marriage. Um, they're just like all of them uh, married together and on a, and on a spaceship together. Um, it's, it's very cool. And it's just very much a part of like normal society. Like one of, one of the main characters, uh, has eight parents. Uh, they all, and they, um, I, I think they, yeah, I think they actually like did a, a, wow. Whole, um, cause they're, they're He's the only child of eight parents because they are from earth and you have to uh, like, uh, 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 their uh, earth is overpopulated. So you have to like, uh, you're only allowed to have like so many people so it took all, uh, all eight of them to basically pool their potential child having permit to, to get one kid um, and yeah it's like it's, it's an eight person marriage with like uh, I can't remember how many, how many men and how many women but, uh, but yeah it's, it's something that I really love about, uh, about the book. I got off, I got off my, my point though um, because so you're talking uh, about like if it's like cons- consent and adults. That's that's the two things. It's not a slippery slope. And humans. Consenting adult humans. All right. That's it. And uh, I was reminded of this quote from a uh, legendary uh, piece of shit and current resident <laughs> of hell, Rush Limbaugh. He says... And so... <laughs>
0: What's President. fucked up
1: about this? Is, is this a quote
0: from him?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, he is describing something that he's absolutely correct about, uh, and he and what he's describing is a completely reasonable thing. It's basically what I just said, but he's describing it as if like this is what's wrong with the left, right? So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna, I'm not going to it, or I'm going to attempt to not use like the, the scornful tone that I assume he, he used when he, when he originally said this. I'm just going to use my personally, per- perfectly reasonable person tone. <laughs> Quote You know what the magic word and the only thing that matters in American sexual mores today? Mores today? One thing. You can do anything uh, and the left will promote and understand and tolerate anything as long as there's one element. Do you know what it is? consent if there's consent on both or all or three or four however many involved in the sex act it's perfectly fine whatever it is but if the left ever senses and smells that there's no consent in part of the equation then here come the r word police but consent is the magic key to the left like except rush limbaugh said that and is and and the way that he said it would have been like but if the left ever senses, then smells that there's no consent in part of the equation, then here comes the place. police. But consent is the magic keyhole. It's just how can you fucking say that? How can your brain work that way, where you go, where where you describe, where you say what he just said, as if that's what's wrong, as if that's the problem, as if as if a culture of of, of sexual expression that is based above all else on everybody involved being okay with being involved and having the capacity to freely make the decision to be involved and that's what's wrong with America
0: (laughs) that's that's terrifying really
1: I genuinely hope that Rush is not being forced to consent to the sexual acts that are being done to him right now in hell by the devil. <laughs> I hope, I hope they're not waiting for his consent before they shove just massive Oh, butt oh, 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 plugs. Just He's going to have of, a great time. Fire into, uh,
0: he just needs a little there. anal, I think. And, and yeah. just to loosen up down there just just a yeah. couple of
1: <laughs> god there's oh. a really
0: okay so i want to bring it back to
1: okay
0: so fact check the other thing we talk we've been talking about so we had talked about this book my grandmother's hands by resna monikim uh, oh. another book kind of like in the realm of hungry ghosts I really, really recommend this book. It's an amazing book, and there's a lot of exercises in it um, to help people. Because essentially, um, this movement, it's called somatic abolitionism. And that means that liberation happens through the body instead of liberation only happening through the mind. And since the body store, is where we store all of our trauma, um, which is, of course, connected to the mind and the brain. But um, he, he does a lot of things like rocking and toning and singing and connecting to the land so that uh, we start to have a sense of what some of these reactions are as they go off in our body and it's not just all completely unconscious. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read a couple of things. All right. So give me a second here. Okay, trauma. So we got like personal trauma that spreads in, you know, couples, families, close relationships, and like things that happen to us. Then it also spreads impersonally, as it has throughout all of human history. Whenever one group oppresses, victimizes, brutalizes, or marginalizes another... Many of the victimized Mm -hmm. people suffer trauma and then they pass that trauma response to their children as standard operating procedure. As we have seen, the result is a soul wound or intergenerational trauma. When the trauma continues for generation after generation, then it is called historical trauma. So historical trauma has been... so,
1: So we've got personal trauma? Generational trauma and historical trauma.
0: Intergenerational and historical. Inter- and his- historical is like we all have all of these things. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reading a little bit more because he kind of puts it all together pretty well. Um, Unhealed trauma acts like a rock thrown into a pond. It causes ripples that move outward, affecting many other bodies over time. After months or years, unhealed trauma can appear to become a part of someone's personality. Mm-hmm. Over longer periods of time, as it is passed on generation after generation and gets compounded through other bodies in a household, it can become a family norm. And if it gets transmitted and compounded through multiple families, it can start to look like culture. So that, that means... Leal that potentially some of the church cultures, some of these family cultures, white supremacy culture, some of let's not just go to the right. Some of the liberal culture,
1: it, I, would
0: it you, might you know be what, historical and ancestral trauma that's been passed down. But we're kind of like, well, this is just how we are. We just talk like this. OK, you know, um,
1: you know, what uh, came to my mind when you were talking about that was um, a lot of the uh, African uh, tribal wars that occurred after European colonialism.
2: Yeah. Bummer.
1: Yeah. You ever hear about the Belgians and the Congo and King Leopold?
0: The Congo. Ooh. Sad.
1: Uh, Yeah, short version is um, they found uh, rubber trees in the Congo and uh, it was... The Belgians kind of uh, big shot at uh, at colonialism, and uh, they did you know the same the same basic shit that uh, you know colonial research resource extraction did uh, everywhere that colonialism did research resource extraction. So uh, cutting people's hands off, uh. and just a lot of, yeah a lot of murder and shit. It was it was it was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like you look at then then you look at somebody like. Uh, fucking, uh, Idi Amin, uh, who like, was a a terrifying human being, um, but grew up, he like, he came to power, I think, I forget if it was the, I forget if if it was the British, uh, or who it was that was the colonial power that, uh, that left, um, and left the power vacuum that he eventually stepped into, um, but uh it was still like it was still under colonial control when he was growing up so he sees all that it wasn't like you know it's 20th century colonialism wasn't 19th or 18th century colonialism colonialism so it probably wasn't as brutal but um you know you've got uh like I, i i cannot imagine of course we fucking destroyed the history so we don't know yeah um but I, I, I struggle to believe yeah. that um, the kind of like brutal tribalism um, that we have seen in the 20th century in, like between African tribes um, and, and ethnic groups I struggle believing that that was the, that it was at that level or to that degree before people were exposed to several hundred years of utterly brutal european colonialism and uh and uploaded a shitload of uh intergenerational and historical trauma um, yeah and you know that that trauma yeah. gets patched onto what what because i mean obviously there's tribalism amongst these you know these different groups there's you know, tribalism uh everywhere everywhere uh but yeah that uh i i i, I struggle believing the the idea that that uh anything like the level of uh, uh, basically tribal genocide or attempts at genocide, ethnic cleansing and shit uh, occurred in Afri- Africa prior to uh, to European colonialism. I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. There could be more records than I'm aware of. But I, It's another one. It's you know, also one of those things where we just fucking don't bother learning about African history because... Uh,
0: it makes us uncomfortable.
1: Well, (laughs) colonial African history makes us uncomfortable. What I'm talking about, if there is, like, whatever pre-colonial African history there is, um, like, we don't even really learn that much about Egyptian history, or at least I didn't, um, in school. But I learned plenty of fucking European history.
0: Yeah. I'd love to learn way more history, way more global history about all kinds of peoples. I think we'd learn so much more about ourselves. Okay, I'm gonna keep going on this. There's only uh, two more paragraphs here. What we call out as individual personality flaws, dysfunctional family dynamics, or twisted cultural norms are sometimes manifestations of historical trauma These trauma, traumatic retentions may have served a purpose at one time, provided protection, supported resilience, inspired hope. But generations later, when adaptations continue to be acted out in situations where they are no longer necessary or helpful, they get defined as dysfunctional behavior um, on a cultural level. And it gets weirder. We, We have evidence that memories... Connected to painful events can also get passed down from parent to child. And what's more, these experiences appear to be held, passed on, and inherited in the body, not just the thinking brain. And finally, historical trauma, intergenerational trauma, institutionalized trauma, such as white-bodied supremacy, gender discrimination, Sexual orientation discrimination, etc., and personal trauma, including everything we inherit from our families, often interact. Oh shit! As these traumas compound each other, or as each new or recent experience triggers the energy of an older one, they can increase in ever increasing damage to human lives and human bodies. Mm-hmm. So what if we started? Yeah. What if? What if in school? What if in school we started learning about African history and intergenerational trauma and having boundaries and we're all allowed to be whatever fucking gender we want? Start from an, a young age. Ah, what do you think, uh, Leo?
1: Yeah, I. I love I, I love the, the point about them interacting, too, because yeah. uh, the first thing that comes to my mind <laughs> is, um, yeah, I, it's unfortunate that um, we don't have uh, an uh, event. We, we, we neither of us has a, uh, a black woman friend who's available to join us on this podcast because uh, the uh, like, I think especially like uh queer uh, like que- queer black women are kind of the and, and i guess queer indigenous women would be the um would be the the other one where you've just got the most profound generational trauma uh, because you know indigenous uh, uh you know slaughter of indigenous pe- peoples in uh, particularly well fuck i mean south america too i was mostly thinking of, of uh of English, coloni- English colonialism in, in North America and Australia, um, but uh, oh yeah, Australia. Um, Damn. And that and that uh, that Gabormate book he spends a lot of time talking because uh, a bunch of the people that the patients that he uh, that he profiles in that book are um, are uh, First Nations people uh, who are dealing with with addiction. Um, but yeah, this is why one of the I, obviously I have a lot of hot buttons. Um, uh, one of them is saying fucking anything about black women's hair. Um, don't fuck like anybody. And 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 um, mm. I think that one of the one of those issues that I don't think enough people are aware of is the uh, criminalization of blackness via the uh, writing laws against black hair. Wow. Um, are you are you familiar with this at all? No. Okay. So there are a shitload of of hairstyles and the, and um a lot of these laws still exist or or like corporate but. policies like a lot of corporate places there are, it's not like it's not written in that you can't have you can't be black and have hair it's just that these hairstyles are you know not uh not generally considered professional and acceptable think about dreadlocks like dreadlocks are not considered an okay professional look it's that's changed a lot and it's become a lot more accepted um but you know you go back even five or ten years and back further um you it it was you know it it was less so and um there have been uh law like this is uh you know how um uh black women will do uh like big showy hats or like head wraps and stuff especially like on Sunday in the south beautiful, beautiful. Um, like that's so that's a thing guess where that came from black women not being allowed to show their fucking hair in public in America in, the, in like the the late 19th and early 20th century either because they would face persecution they would get yelled at sometimes it was codified into law yeah there are a shitload of uh, braids are, braids is another thing like there there will be uh, you know, school dress codes, corporate dress codes, military dress codes, um, where you know it doesn't say that this only—it doesn't—it doesn't only apply to black people. Nobody, no matter what race you are, nobody's allowed to uh, to 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 braid their hair. It's just that that happens to predominantly affect black women. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Black. And this is this is also why you remember when uh, when um, Will Smith cl- slapped Chris Rock in the face. Did you see that? You probably no. watching the Oscars or Did you hear about this? No, tell me. It was it it was a big deal on the internet for a hot minute. Uh, so Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia. Do uh, you know what that is? No. Alopecia is actually. Um, <laughs> alopecia is. Very interesting. It's actually, um, as I understand it, it's basically like an overactive immune response, um, where oh. your body uh, your body attacks your, uh, your your immune system attacks your hair follicles, and your hair falls out. Um, and so Jada's uh, uh, her head is shaved, and um, and Chris Rock made a really lame, lazy joke when he was hosting the Oscars a GI Jane joke. Um, and, mm. uh, and for the record like, I think both Chris Rock and Will Smith were, were, are wrong in this situation um, I think Will Smith is wrong because Will Smith responded by walking up onto the stage and slapping Chris Rock on the face on live television um, which I don't think is the right to re- way to, to, to react to things um, but I also think Chris Rock has no excuse because it was like I said an extremely lame and lazy joke and Chris Rock fucking knows better not only because he's a black man, because also he did a fucking documentary called Good Hair about hair discrimination against black people. He has no excuse for not knowing not to fucking make jokes about black women's hair.
0: So Will anyway. Smith slapped him because he made a mm-hmm. joke about black women's hair.
1: About his wife's hair.
0: Oof. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so even if, and and Jada also had been very public about her, uh, about what she's going through with alopecia, Um, but even if, like, the maximum benefit of the doubt that you can give Chris Rock in this situation is that he didn't know that, and he just knew that she had shaved her hair, even then, don't fucking talk about black women's hair. Just don't, especially if you haven't talked to, if that's your wife, if that's your best friend, if that's somebody you've talked about beforehand, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna make a joke about you being bald, and she's like, cool, go for it. That's th- then go ahead. But if you didn't do that and you just decide to make a lazy again so fucking lazy that's, that's, that's your joke. That's what you came up with is bald woman G.I. Jane. <laughs> that sucks man. You're supposed to be one of the, the you're, you're one of the most famous fucking comedians in America. Bald woman G.I. Jane. That sucks. That joke sucks ass. And not that I think, uh, again, Will Smith was wrong, but you're also wrong. And and I don't feel bad about you getting slapped in the face.
0: When did this happen?
1: Oh, the Oscars, like last spring.
0: Oh, recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, this was this year. Oh, my gosh. I I, I think Will now has a lifetime ban from ever attending the Oscars, I think. I forget. He definitely, he he got, yeah, he got in trouble with the, he got in trouble with the Academy.
0: Um, well, I don't, this could kind of slip in here. I mean, this is, we're going to slip this in, you know, that, you know, this is, we have, yeah, we got to slip this in. Uh,
1: we got to crank two more segments here.
0: (laughs) Uh, I was gonna, because it kind of fits. Wait, are you saying we should p- we should stop? I have no, no idea. No,
1: well, I mean, we still got we. Well, actually, we the, we have the last segment, which is music. That's just our closeout. Um, so mm-hmm. you can either play a song, or we can I can, uh, or we can just play one of the songs off your album. Um, but we also have to do what did I miss? That's a, that's our other big segment.
0: Oh yeah, segment wise. Yeah. Um. All right, let's do what did I miss because we have some tattoos to talk about. But before we get into that, yeah, just to go along with what we've been talking about just a little. We don't have to get too deep into this. I just wanted to bring it up. Ancestral trauma. I've been trying to figure out how to make this shit funny. So let's see
1: ancestral Don't worry about trying to make shame it funny. talk about like <laughs> talk about what it means to you and eventually you'll uh, you'll get to the
0: i'll get, get to the joke well funny. i did i made this one uh ancestral shame is like when you're masturbating and you remember suddenly that you just cut up all those jalapenos it fucking bites
1: Mm, no, that's not it. Damn it! No, that's that's not it. No, but it's like. So go. Okay. We gotta have so, our. It sucks. We. It does. It it sucks. So that's so two it things. It does suck. One like com- sucks like, ass com- as
0: a matter of fact.
1: Comedic writing, uh, like. Comedic writing, uh, a rule that I try to go by, okay. um, is uh, one: don't default. Like it's really easy to to uh, to jump to um, masturbation jokes. To, masturbation. Well, you know, bathing suit area stuff in general. So bodily functions, <laughs> sex, masturbation. Like those are all things where it's like um, where, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it, it, there, a lot, of, I mean, like a, a, mm. a, a lot of stuff like very, that, that can be your first, the the first place you go to. And I find at least for me, like the stuff that I'm more proud of to have written and the stuff that I find, um, more compelling mm. from other people, uh, is when it's not something that, you know, when it's not obvious, when it's a comparison, that's not obvious. Um, because you know that's part—that's a huge part of comedy, right? Is is is, is surprising people, right? Uh, and so if you're if if you take them somewhere that they didn't uh, so, somewhere that they that they didn't know they were going, that to me is like, yeah, that's uh, that's always the, the, my my part of what's in my in in the back of my head when I'm when I'm thinking about about writing comedy.
0: That's great. Um, I need to think about that. Um yeah.
1: and then the other part is like I said, don't try to make it funny first. Make it true first. Talk about it first. Hmm. Uh and then figure out what's funny about that. So like when you're talking when you're when you're trying to find a comparison uh, for uh, for generational uh, intergenerational trauma or historical trauma, right. um, Or so. I'll give you a completely different, I'll give you a completely unrelated example. I was trying. I was helping um, our our social media uh, chick at work, who's like in charge of our TikToks, and she's always, you know, trying to think of different ideas for stuff to put on our company TikTok account. Uh, so she was trying to come up with um, a list of uh, what if uh, if the if the characters from the show Shit's Creek were beverages what would they be Um, and so I'm not trying to come up with a funny response I'm trying to think about the characters and think about like what they are so I'm like you you probably haven't seen that show but uh, I have not the the son of the family is um, he's fucking hilarious but I hated him at first I hated the entire show at first I watched a couple episodes and i couldn't stand it and i didn't want and then I, I and i didn't go back to it and then i had like two years later uh i had people telling me like you've got to watch the show it's so funny it's so funny and i finally went back to it and all of a sudden like i i just loved the characters um but so the um the the son of the family it's this character david he's like extremely off-putting at first uh, I'm sitting like I'm watching that. I'm like I don't know why this person would exist. I don't know why anybody tolerates this person. He is the goddamn worst. He's uh, he, he 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 seems to hate everybody that's around him. Uh, you know he, he he's not for everybody. And he takes a, he, he takes some time to to grow on you. And I was like oh that guy is hard kombucha. That's what he is. <laughs> David Rose is hard kombucha.
0: <laughs> That's good. I love uh, that.
1: So, anyway, uh, so, that, so,
0: and so, that so just oh.
1: yeah, that, that as a principle applied to comedy writing, like, don't try to find the funny part first, try to find the true part first. I love that. And, and then find Make the it funny true part. first. Yeah. Make it true um, first. So, yeah, the, like the true thing about ancestral trauma is, uh, yeah, it's like ancestral trauma is unfair because at least with like trauma that occurs in your own life, you have the opportunity to go, oh, well, the reason that um, that I get mad when, uh, you know, that, that when when somebody, uh, you know, when somebody cuts me off in traffic um, it's because I have, uh, insecurities about feeling like, um, you know, that, like, uh, you know, people think that they're, uh, are, are better than me or something. And so when people are, you know, when somebody uh, cuts me off or, or tailgates me in traffic, that makes like, I, I feel like they're, you know, they're, they're calling me a piece of shit or something. And that's, and that's why that makes me mad because that, like, that's what that, that triggers in my brain, right? Because of this or that that I because and I at least spent enough time in therapy by myself that I that, that I understand how the traumas that have occurred in my life have affected me in the way that I that I behave. But generational trauma or historical trauma is fucking unfair because you weren't even there for that shit. Nope. Like that's I love yeah, that. That's like trying to Unfair. Yeah, so then it's so yeah, part of I I think maybe part of part of the joke that is potentially there is like, um, you know, then you've got to go play. You got to fucking, you get you got to like go on uh, on ancestry.com just to find out why you're you know and pick whatever you know personal quirk or whatever you know you're you're all of a sudden playing like playing detective on ancestry.com because it's not like you know if you do have family members are that are alive they're not going to talk about that shit, you know grandma died without ever coming clean Ooh. about uh about what happened in her first marriage so all we know is like the, the third hand account that uh that that, our, that my cousin got when um when her when grandma's one of grandma's relatives or something got drunk at a birthday party or something but, like like so I have no fucking idea what kind of generational trauma um, our uh our, our our grandparents were carrying around, our great grandparents, our great great grandparents um you know you go back to um like the the um the question of uh of jewish heritage like our portuguese side is from the azores and the and our name is, is uh, a, a derivation of uh several like kind of branches of, of uh, or like uh, mo- kind of mi- migrational movements within judaism um that were associated with people who uh, pretended to convert or or actually converted to catholicism in order to not be murdered during the inquisition the inquisition Um, and so i and we have like we have no historical records to back this up but it is an extremely um supportable inference to make that uh our ancestors ended up on the azores because they fled the mainland of portugal um, and they were also and, and also had you know ostensibly converted to Catholicism because they were trying not to be murdered during the fucking inquisition yeah and that and that's probably the case again we will probably never know that for certain because there's no documentation to back it up all we all, all I've um, been able to to find going back like pre 20th century is just a bunch of birth death and marriage record records Um but, uh, but yeah, that's probably the case. And that's a fucking solid example of, of historical trauma.
0: So maybe, um, in the next episode, I can talk about a little bit about what I went through when I lived off grid, but I,
1: I have I want to talk about that now. Or no, no, would, not, not it now. It's okay. it. Okay. I need time, that,
0: but I want to finish. My... There's something I need to, to finish saying though.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So I spent some time off grid and we can talk about that in the next session. Um, and I faced this shame um, that was, in fact, I'm going to write it down for the next session. I feel like something about my, my purpose in a way in this lifetime as, as like to be a shame eater and to metabolize it and get it out of me. Um, and, but since then, since going for four, it took four years to do the generational trauma work of the ancestral shame. Then I came out of there and I've been able to be doing a little bit of this deeper anti-racist work, but shame manifests in all these ways in the world. And it's one of the things that I think is inhibiting our growth as a species more emotionally, potentially more than anything else. And it is considered sin by a lot of religion that we have something within us that feels like we are inherently bad or inherently unworthy, inherently without value. And so in order to make up for that, we create supremacy and we create domination and all these other attributes that are part of the human condition so that we don't have to feel the discomfort, that shame, but... We aren't inherently bad and we aren't inherently sinners. In fact, if we, if we realized like that we had the choice and we could take accountability and we felt safe to come into contact with our decolonial selves and our ancestors in the earth, we could probably heal all that shit relatively quickly and we wouldn't project this nasty ancestral fucking shame onto each other anymore. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Thank you for listening. Yeah, no,
1: that was I, it. I that, think, that's um, all
0: just like realizing at the end of that, I'm like, oh, yeah. sin is trauma. People think it's sin, but it's just trauma.
1: <laughs> and we can heal uh, it. I've always, I think the concept of original sin is one of the first things that... Oh, uh, the
0: original fucking sin.
1: That prevented that that prevents me from accepting Christianity. Yep. Um, yeah. No. The idea that um, we that God created us, and this I forget if you if you and I have talked about this, but um, one of the reasons that I can't buy uh, the concept of an angry and vengeful God, the, the 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 reason that I can't buy the concept of eternal damnation. The reason I can't buy the concept of, uh, it, uh, of of original sin is that my parents love me, mm. and if our parents are our models for God, yeah, there is nothing that I could ever do, mm. nothing that I could ever do that would uh, that that would cause my parents. To send me off into eternal damnation. Isn't that awful?
0: To, to, eternal damnation. Yeah. Why would you no, even the, ev- invent that?
1: That's that's Ugh. so fucked up and horrifying. It's so horrifying. People are, people are <laughs> teaching that to their children. To their children, people man. People are t- telling <laughs> innocent little fucking to- toddlers, <laughs> "You that are not going only, to hell if you say the f word." What? Well, and especially with it, with original sin, it's even more fucked up because original sin means that you don't even have to fuck up to get there. I know. You, You're all born you have to blemished do is not do a good enough job making up for the fact for, for the fuck up that you did by being born.
2: Ugh.
1: And if you don't repent good enough then you're going to burn for for eternity that's abuse that is <gasps>
0: that nice leal
1: nice yes abuse. that is
0: abusive that you're right there's
1: no other the, the way church hopefully it.
0: someday the church will look at itself because it's it comes from such abuse anyway do we want to move on to uh, tattoos because the time ta- uh, there well, is a time factor
1: there is a time factor, and I think maybe we want to skip tattoos for this week because I still have to do a What Did I Miss?, and I want to tell you a story. Okay. Okay. So, What Did I Miss?, is the segment where we talk about things in our lives uh, that we should have been able to tell each other about when, we told, when, when they happened, but we didn't know about each other, so <gasps> we're going to share those stories Yay! now. Oh, um, my
2: goodness!
1: So if you have one, um, then, uh, yeah, you can tell me yours, but I have one for you uh, because this is definitely something I would have told you about when it happened if I'd have known about you. Mm. This is when I was living in Brooklyn.
0: How old were you? Um,
1: uh, 20... Let's see what This This is when I was living on 16th, Um, so I was 26. Um, So, and I was riding my bike to work. So I lived in... South Park Slope in Brooklyn and I was riding my bike to work in um on uh, in Manhattan uh like uh, fucking like twentieth and fourth or something like that. Um and uh I forget the name of the restaurant that I was working at. Um uh anyway, it was a it was a uh Belgian uh like Belgian bar and uh like burger and fries place. Um, and Riding my bike up Fourth Avenue, and I see just off the side. So Fourth Avenue is a pretty busy street, um, and then I see just up a side street, like maybe five feet from from the corner, two men arguing, uh, and one of them is holding a pile of clothing in his hands, uh, like folded up clothes. Or maybe they were wadded up, but he's holding his arms are full of clothes, and the other man who he's arguing with is 100 percent completely naked.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and obviously, I was not going to stop stop and get involved. Uh, you don't start in, you don't stop and get involved.: in Yeah, no, yeah,. Situations. <laughs> First of all, also, I needed to get to work. Um, so I will never know and the question that I will ask God when I when I die and when I meet them the first question that I will ask God is was the man with the clothes trying to get the naked man to get dressed or had he taken the clothes away from the naked man and the naked man was trying to get them back <sighs> <laughs> oh, that's it that's the na- that's that's the, the naked man in brooklyn story circa circa 2000 and uh, 2005 something like that it was, it was, it, this would have been, um, I want to say, actually, this is this is not long before I moved back to Boise. So this would have been, uh, like, late spring, early summer of 2007.
0: So I was back in the States. Um, oh, man, I have a story. My time's running out of my GarageBand track.
1: Okay, uh, let's, we're already, yeah, we're... We're over an hour already, um, so let's 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 call this this episode, um, and then let's yeah let's throw uh, everything else into uh, into the next one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a lot to throw into the next episode. Uh, but I see. I was thinking of a story um, of around the same time when you were around twenty six, I was around twenty nine. And I have a beautiful story about uh, something that happened to me in Brazil when I was lost. And uh, some some people found me.
1: All right. All right. That'll be your what did I I miss for next week's episode? Cool. Uh, Okay. so Everybody, uh, all you
0: listeners, thank you for going on a... Emergent journey with Leal and I who just met a few months ago and are getting to know each other here on these podcasts while we talk about things that might be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. Feel free to laugh, feel free to masturbate, feel free to roll around, feel free.
1: (laughs) Definitely feel free. If just Listeners, if you're masturbating while listening, um, you don't have to tell us. No,
0: we don't need to That's, know.
1: You can. I'm not going to shame you for that, but you don't have to let us know on that. Um, okay. So Heidi, let's um, let's take this one out on um, on the so I think the, be the second song second song off of uh, off your album.
0: Cool. So catch you. I think.
1: I was I was counting on you to know which one was second because I couldn't remember. (laughs) Pretty sure it's catch
0: you. Uh and catch you is a beautiful song with hand pans played by Don McGee and stand up bass played by Steve Cowling and vocals. We created this piece through pure improvisation and listening.
1: joining us we're glad you were here if you want to support what we're doing you can do that at patreon.com slash h-i-m-m-b or at heidi j llc on venmo thank you
0: we appreciate you